Gamchat Podcast is a member of the Bunk Collective, podcast that came to play. Visit our website at thebunkph.com. Naguulat mula sa shore na kasing pretty ko. Bringing you the latest and greatest. And diving deep into the cool waters. Of BLs and GLs. And every kind of love there is. We are the Shippers. Sail with us as we watch our favorite queer love story. And update you about the latest every week. Kaya tara, sakay na as we sail the open seas. With new episodes Mondays and Wednesdays on all major podcast streaming platforms. Sakay na you, Let's go. This is Gam Chat. My name is Greg. I'm McCoy. And I'm Dee. We're three Filipino gay guys trying to make sense of anything and everything in the world today. Welcome to our podcast. So, what am I gonna ask? Wow, that's a that's a that's a long pause. <laughs> so, ooh, I'm scared now. We know what direction his week went. I know. Ooh. Well, so, it's um, it's a nice warm day outside. Um, did you guys do anything interesting over the weekend or the past week? Did you learn something about yourself? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I learned something about myself. Mm-hmm. I always thought growing up that, you know, you're supposed to have like this one job and you're supposed to focus on it and to the day you die. Okay. Because that's how I saw my parents. I saw my mom. She had one job and she did it. Mm-hmm. Still alive. She, she, but she just did it. And then I was thinking to myself, I kind of pigeonholed myself and said, I have to do the same thing. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I want to be multidimensional. I was like, I was watching um, Marvel. Uh, <laughs> God dang, I knew it. What? Go Don't ahead. Judge Go, me. I'm not judging you. I'm just like, wow, okay. I'm not really surprised. I get it though. Right? Yeah. So, you know, like the Marvel Universe where, um, what was the last? Multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse. What was that What was that show called? The cartoon, the animation. What if? Yeah, what if? And then I was thinking to myself like, there is probably the my version out there where I'm like, like hella like did things right, took different paths, um, probably played the piano, probably came like a music composer of an orchestra. You know what I'm saying? Very Asian girls. Wow, dude, <laughs> kind of racist. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I, I was like, okay, so I was thinking about this. I was like, why do I have to be one thing? Like, why can't I like? zero in on that maybe i could connect to my the greg that's out there who is like this like i don't know big entrepreneur or this you know this other like life i have and what if i just like focus and meditate and just connect to that side and maybe i could bring those characteristics well how about this instead of connecting to that greg in the multiverse why don't you just make it happen now in your universe I know I am. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to connect to their, to their, to their, to that energy. Greg's chi on uh, the other universe and be like, yeah. yeah, I'm a superhero, you know? Yeah. I get it. I don't have to be one thing. I can be multiple things. But you're not one thing now. I feel like I'm one thing now. <laughs> oh, hashtag imposter oh. syndrome. Whoa. <laughs> you always short sell yourself. Greg. I guess. Well, that's why I'm going to, I'm going to zero in on that enter the what if it's i'm finding a hard time justifying what your goals are because i think you already do that 
I'm just getting more exhausted for you. <laughs> it's like, oh lord, that's a lot of shit that you have to do. Now. It's like you're kayaking, you're you have your day job, and then you're doing other things, and then you're trying to travel, and it's like you almost just need a like a duplicate of yourself just to reach it. Not discouraging you, but it's just like Oh, I like that though. Make sure you're probably gonna fuck yourself if you get another <laughs> <laughs> I totally would. I totally would. Like, Come it, on, you ex would it? Like I totally But it's just gonna be exhausting. So just make sure you know what like okay, uh, I'm taking on too point. much. Yeah, I think it's okay to try it. Yeah, yeah. Like don't like too much play. You know, Asian American, like don't get less than a uh, an, an A, a yeah. Out. Yeah. Okay, that's that's okay. That's very grounding. Thank you, D. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, D? Um, I adulted today. Oh. So like earlier, I I got yeah. I was just like doing everything that I can. I detailed the car. Well, I hired someone to detail the car. So maybe that's, hey, that's <laughs> was a Yeah. And then while I was doing my taxes, so that's like out of the way already. And that's like, actually, I'm very happy the last like two or three days because for some reason, my body was like not working right. I think probably a week and a half ago. So I couldn't really do much. Like, you guys are probably, well, you and Rich, Rich, if you're listening, probably not getting the notification that I closed my rings the last couple of weeks because my... Then you what? Uh, was that the Apple ring workout? Oh. So sometimes Rich would just, like, go for his long runs and walks, and I'll just, like, send him, like, fire emojis. <laughs> so, we Aww. like, Greg and I and Rich, I kind of do that for each other. But the last week, I haven't been able to do that because my back was just hurting. And I couldn't get an appointment with my chiropractor. Um, but I ha- he told me already I have this, like, chronic condition that I can't really get, a, you know, kind of get, a, like, fixed. It's just going to progressively. It's not that severe, but, you know, it, it does, it will affect me down the line. But well, like years of twerking will do that to you. I know. Like, you stick in the ass. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, like, the last three days I've been feeling well enough that I just, like, was able to do things. At least I go back to doing yoga. So that kind of, like, put me in a better mood. Oh, you did yoga. But I did it today outdoors at 2 p.m. So I'm, like, a little bit more. What? 2 um, p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little bit more... Um, Crispier than usual? Melanated. I was going to say melanated, <laughs> but yeah, that's racist. Wow, you called D crispy. <laughs> that's why he's, all, he's a little like crispy pata over there. <laughs> well, <laughs> Obviously, he has to learn about the colorism in our culture, culture but okay. <laughs> On a future episode, we'll revisit colorism. <laughs> How about you, McCoy? Anything new with you? Well, if Greg needs um, a clone because he has too much things going on in his mind that he wants to implement, I need a clone because I'm just too fucking tired. I feel like I'm a lot of stuff is going on in my mind, and I can't. I just can't rest my mind. I feel like I have. I have taken on a lot, but at the same time, emotionally, I am like overloaded. I just feel exhausted. What's going on, McCoy? Unload on us. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, no! That's the worst thing to say. No, it's just um, I need to find a balance. Um, you know me when 
something bothers me, <clears throat> sometimes I don't know how to cope with it except by just overthinking things and just letting it marinate until hopefully it dissipates one day. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my process. And it works for me most of the time, but it takes a little bit of time. Um, so I think that's where I'm at. I think I'm just exhausted emotionally, and I feel like I'm fighting a battle within myself. At the same time, I'm fighting myself not to explode and really speak my mind the way, not the way I, I should, but speak my mind in, in a way that will definitely offend people. And I'm trying to keep my mouth shut to avoid from burning bridges. Let's just put it that way. I was going to say, why don't you just tell us? But I feel like you, you told me. No, no. Related <laughs> to this? Oh, all right. In that case, just tell us one thing that you just want to get off your shoulders. People forget to be open-minded. That's all I'm going to say. I think they deny their tribalism, but by denying it, they're strengthening their tribalism. And you're witnessing it, and then it's affecting you. Yes. I, I think um, some people refuse to talk. Um, now, I mean, it's been happening for years, but I think it's just the walls have been built so thick and so high that I don't even know how you can go back to the way it, it should have been. Well, I think that people build walls because of fear or something's mm. holding them back or they're, yeah. they're attached to something. Yeah. I think that's why people have these walls. So I guess that may be your first step is like, why do you think these people have fear I get that. And it also might be time to reevaluate those relationships if they're even. <laughs> I'm reevaluating. Re yeah. I have an um, action plan in mind a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. <laughs> All right. Well, no, this is really good news. So it sounds you already have like an action plan. So my next question is like, so how are you taking care of yourself now? I'm trying to get a, as much sleep as i can because that's also another issue it's like i sometimes i can't rest my mind long enough to actually feel rested and taking sleeping aids like melatonin does not help because it actually makes my sleep worse so yeah yeah melatonin isn't like a cure-all that's for sure yeah. i just recently learned that you should it's just melatonin is just basically a signal to your body to go to mm. sleep at a certain time yeah, that's yeah. all it really is but it won't yeah. really put you asleep but not to yeah. keep you yeah yeah keep you asleep but you've been going to the gym so that should help you know actually i i well i stopped i have been going back to mcdonald's instead i think it's my way of of coping when things get a little too heavy and i think i th need to change that mindset um and I'm working on that because this week I will be um, going back to the gym because I have to, because I'm going to a place at the end of the month where it's cold and my jackets and my coats don't, my, my coats don't really fit me the way they should. Um, so I need to do something about that. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I wasn't expecting you to say McDonald's. It was like gym <laughs> and then you went, it's a complete opposite. It was McAdee's. McDonald's. I was like, what? <laughs> like... Actually, no. I'm doing the rounds. I'm doing Popeye's, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box. <laughs> That's the rounds I was also expecting. What were you going to say, D? No, also, your neighborhood is pretty good with, like, herbal stuff. So you should probably check them out. Herbal stuff? Smoke, smoke weed. Yeah. Oh, that! 
Oh my god, Awo does. Or just like edibles. A beautiful night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah, edibles, a beautiful night's sleep. Well, maybe I'll just go to the crystal shop down the street and crystal just get man. me some crystals that will cleanse my energy. <laughs> this is going to wake you up. Crystal dildos. Crystal dildos. It's all the newest thing right now. Okay. It's going to be our, one of our guests next time. I, I swear, I, I found a Filipino guy who sells crystal dildos. I was like, oh. Oh, maybe he can be good for the podcast. Yes, actually, yes, I agree. Are they going to send us samples first so at least we can review it? <laughs> you know, they are expensive. But I got to say, uh, oh, I guess we'll say. Well, I would imagine they have to be so they don't break. Okay, never mind. That's gonna we'll save that for another. Yeah, this is a whole different episode. We'll save it for a future episode. Crystal dildos. <laughs> Put that in Crystal our notes. <laughs> that sounds interesting, actually. Maybe that's what I need. <laughs> it's what everybody needs. <laughs> okay. Okay. On that note. And on that note, speaking of crystal dildos, we're gonna talk about today's episode, HIV. Hello. <laughs> oh my god. What a segue. What a segue. It's a beautiful segue. So on this episode, we have a special guest. Patrick is a 39-year-old Filipino who recently graduated from Cal State University Fullerton with an accounting degree. He's currently a Starbucks team lead for Target. He's a former dancer for Team Millennia and Pac Modern and has performed in numerous events and shows in California. He's a proud son, brother, gunkle, dog dad, and fiancé who's lived his life centered in love, kindness, empathy, and happiness, and has faced all challenges head-on with those values. But today, he's ready to share and open to the world something he's kept private for over five years in hopes that his story can make an impact on someone's life. So Patrick, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited um, for this episode to speak with you. So how are you doing? Oh, she is, she's, I'm sorry, maybe I should say he. I don't want to like confuse the audience, but he, he is doing well. Well, actually, Patrick, mm. thank you yes. for reminding about this. What is your, what is your preferred my, pronoun? My preferred pronouns are he and him. So how are you doing, Patrick? Oh, I am doing well. It's hot as hell today in California. Why? I do not know. But I mean, we live in California. It's literally 10 months of like summer and two months of like whatever weather Mother Nature has decided for us to have. But she's doing well, thriving, trying to keep safe as much as possible. I feel like COVID is going to be around for like, I mean, forever. Ugh, for real. I'm over it. You got to stay safe as much as you can. So, yeah. So, Patrick, where were you born and raised? I was born in the Philippines. I'm very proud to be uh, the son of our motherland. Um, and specifically Manila. Uh, my parents are from, my dad is from Naga City and my Mom is from Samar, so she's Warai Warai. I don't ever get to meet anyone that's either from like Bicol or like from like Samar. So it's it's very few and f- far in between. I meet a lot of people from Ilocos. Though. Nice. So we want to start this um, episode by talking about the theme of, of coming out. Mm. I know. Do you want the short story or like the long story? Well, I mean, I felt like you <laughs> have multiple coming out stories. I think as uh, as you know, part of our community, we have we're, we come out right yep to ourselves about our identity and how we identify and our sexual orientation and then the other layer is you know coming out as hiv positive 
Yep. So yeah, tell us the story. As as someone who's a proud gay man, I've I've always felt literally, and I mean, and I and I say this as my truth. I've always known that there was something different about me. You know, like I've always been so fascinated and really enthralled with anything feminine, you know, ever since I was a little kid. And it wasn't really until I moved to America when I was nine that I really started understanding what the concept of homosexuality is and what that really does entail. You know, because back at home in the Philippines, I was surrounded by a lot of gay people, but I never really, there was never really a label per se, in which I understood it well. I mean, I heard the word bakla all the time, but I just thought that, like, that's someone like you would call like an aunt <laughs> or like an uncle <laughs> or a tito. Tito bakla, you know what I'm saying? Like It was just so normalized for me when I was living there. And when I came here, it was you, you kind of see more of that dichotomy as you get older of like, oh, this is what homosexuality is. This is what heterosexuality is. And then I came out to kind of like everyone, you know, like the whole baseline of like, oh, I'm, in, I'm a junior in high school, I'm bisexual. Mm. You know, that, that mm. just, that's just like a safety because I mean, I lived around the time where like, you know, being gay was, you know, like it was, it was accepted in society in general, but you always had a sense of like fear, right? Because especially someone in high school and especially still developing yourself as a person that you always have to want to protect yourself and your identity and you want to make sure you, you know, you're physically safe. And you know, there's a lot of homophobes that um, I went to high school with. And so, yeah, but I just told everyone that was bisexual. Girl, she was not bisexual. <laughs> it's like dick all day, dick all night, dick for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know what I'm saying? So like, it was my thing. And then eventually after high school, obviously, like when you get into college, you're just like, you're a lot more freer. You're a little bit more sure of who you are as a person. And, um, and yeah, so I was just like, yeah, I'm gay. What about it? You know, it is what it is. Um, but when I came out to my mother, that was actually like one of those things where like life has just decided like, you know, it's time, you know, like my mom, I kind of knew that she knew, but I kind of wanted to make it official. So it was, uh, she was visiting from the Philippines because she still lives there. Um, and she was at the dining room table and I woke up from a nap and there was just something, there was an energy that was saying like, maybe you should just tell her. And I was maybe 19 at the time, right? And so I, <laughs> I went up to the, I went up to her, she was eating, obviously like this, with her fucking like legs up like this and eating like this, you know, obviously. <laughs> and, and I was like, hey mom, I need to talk to you. And she goes, yeah, what's up? Well, um, so, and this is exactly what I told her. It's like, well, um, you have another daughter and she was what do you mean i'm gay and so there was a little quick like there was about like maybe a two three like second pause in that conversation she goes okay you know and and the beautiful part about my mother is that she's very very loving and will accept you for who you are just don't be a bitch and a bad guy right and so she literally told me like you know like, Wait, i'm sorry was that her words mm -hmm. no 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 that was uh, <laughs> like damn no like you know but very like i'm translating it tagalog but she basically told me that you know she will always love me for who i am and that you will always be my son and i will always love you and support you and i think for me i've kind of been blessed with a family and with a mom that's really been able to just support me and accept me for who I am. And, um, and yeah, and, and that is like, that is like, like one of those uh, inside out core memories that will always live, 
inside me. So, yeah. And plus, I'm a mama's boy, and I think, you know, I think I'm her favorite. There's six of us, by the way, and I'm the fourth. So, I think I'm the favorite. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And then that's my coming out to my parent. Well, my mom. My dad. Uh, my, my dad and I have, like, a very estranged uh, relationship. But he... The one thing that I could take from him is that he was always about family, and I'm the same. So, so yeah. But here she is, you know, almost 40 years old. Hey. Right? Looking like a 20... You have no idea how many people at work tell me, like, or would gasp, like, you're 40? I'm like, yeah. It, like, Filipino people don't age till we start, like, when we're 60. And when we're 60, we look like we're 75. For some. It just jumps. Uh, yeah, For it some. It just jumps. <laughs> it really does. Like, you know, and I, tell, and I tell people, too, like, if you look at my hands, my hands are fucking old as hell. That's how you can tell my age. But, uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, but back to the conversation, but, like, coming out has been, I've been very lucky because I know a lot of people that's within our community that didn't really have the very nice coming out, you know, and, and we all know this. People don't, like, you know, don't support us. People just find us weird. People think it's wrong. A lot of people are religious and are very biased towards that. And so for me, I'm just, like, I'm very, I'm very happy and very humbled by my coming out experience. Because not a lot of people can enjoy that, you know, especially with your family. Especially with your parents, too. That, that could be very, very difficult, so. True that. Let me ask you this question. Did you feel that... Uh, you know, as a person with HIV, did you feel like like you had to come out again to your family? Oh, well, kinda. But it was it was a different kind of coming out because, I mean, being gay when you come out, it's like this life changing kind of like, you know, I'm saying it out to the world. This is who I am, right? But being someone who's HIV positive, that comes with a little bit more responsibility and being able to authentically live your life without feeling and this is for me uh without feeling that with me coming out like this for the very first time because not a lot of people know um you know that that responsibility you have to protect your family you have to protect them from what people will say to you and you have to protect them from like that perception like oh well your brother is a slut P.S. I was in my 20s, but, you know, like you have to protect them because like obviously my family and my friends are everything and I don't want people to come up to them, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm not famous. I'm not like this, like, like famous people that everyone knows, but I don't want people to assume things about them because of the way that I am or who I am and or what even I have, which is a small part of, of, of the thing that makes me who I am, you know, so yeah, it's it's kind of difficult and it's kind of nerve wracking, kind of like saying this all out loud. But you know, like, you know, I love I love my family's, I love my family and I love my friends, and I want to make sure that I do this not only to honor my truth, but to also allow them to really understand this because there's only a few people that kind of knew that you know, like more than oh my god, almost six years ago, I almost died, I literally almost died, you know, and so I've been kind of given. I don't want to say gift, maybe more like an opportunity to kind of live in this way and to learn more about myself and other people that 
are in the same boat as I am. Would you say that's the catalyst for you to come out? Like, what was the process of you coming out to your family, like, to finally be out with your story? I mean, my my siblings and my mother, my own, the only person who does not know is my dad. That, that in and of itself, because I'm telling you now, if I ever had a sit down with the three of you guys and told you my life story, I could have been like, you know, so... I, it, it could be like a movie. It could be like this amazing movie. And I'm like, I would like to have 20% of, of the gross profit from that movie. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, but, but who would play her? I would play myself, <laughs> girl. Okay. Oh, girl. <laughs> Hell, I still look and like she, I'm like in my teens. And she'll have like an uh, uh, executive producer title to it also. So I, I could be credit. like J.C. Alicantar from like, you know. <laughs> do you guys know who J.C. Alicantar is from like Hello Stranger? No, no, no. <gasps> yes, I, yes, I do. Okay, McCoy. <laughs> because he played himself in his MMK episode. Okay. <laughs> he really ah. did, he did that shit. I'm like, I could do that too. But uh, my dad is the only person that doesn't know. Um, my dad carries a lot of guilt. There has been a lot of uh, family trauma from his own personal decisions. Uh, girl, yeah. I mean, let, let's just say this. Uh, there was a point where we were living in a hotel. I'm sorry, no, a motel for my whole entire high school years. It was that bad. And so for me, when, you know, when I was diagnosed, I could remember it quite clearly, September 1st, 2016. I didn't want to tell him. I don't want to tell him because I don't want him to feel that he somewhat has been responsible for the way that my life trajectory has been. And for me, it's kind of like, well, I'm an adult. When I turned 18, even before that, because we had to grow up a lot faster than a lot of teenage people do. I don't want him to think that like he might be partially be responsible for me contracting HIV or AIDS at the time, you know? So I haven't told them. I don't think my dad listens to any podcasts, but if anyone who knows my dad is listening right now, please don't tell him. Let me do it myself. Yes, yes, definitely. But yeah, my, my siblings know, my mother know. Like, they were very sad for me, but they very much galvanized around me. You know, like, that is, that is the one thing that I'm very happy and very, again, humbled in that experience is that, like, you ha I have that support system, along with my best friend and along with my hubby. Patrick, let me just jump right in and ask you this question is, you know, I'm thinking about all the individuals that have been in those shoes, um, you know, finding out they're HIV positive and struggling to tell their family and I could see a lot of, you know, Asian American, like, men and, and women who are in the same boat not wanting to tell their family because, like, you were talking about, about your dad. I guess, how did you find that courage? Or what did it feel like to take that step to, to tell your family? Well, when I found out, I literally broke down. I, can I tell a little bit of what happened? Like, yeah, definitely. right before? Um, it was the last week of August. I have been feeling like I was just sick for two months straight and I didn't know what was happening. Because obviously, you, you don't, AIDS and HIV, you don't really think about that because you never think that it could happen to you, right? And so during that time that I was sick, I thought I had just had the flu. Um, I'm kind of always sickly anyways, but it stayed a little bit longer. And then like one of my best friends and a couple of my friends have noticed that I've lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. And then over time, I was having a difficulty breathing, right? 
And so after a while, obviously my oldest sister and my husband and my best friend were very concerned. So they took me to a doctor. And the first thing that he looked at were my hands and my feet, especially my nails. He asked me, how long has your nails been blue? Mm. I didn't notice anything like that. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know. He's like, well, I need you to go to the ER. So they take me to St. Jude's Hospital in Fullerton, my favorite hospital. Actually, my only hospital. Uh, <laughs> they took me there, and my blood oxygen level was 66%. Um, and then so they got me in there. They got me to the ER. I was very scared because I didn't know what's, what was happening. I really didn't know what was happening. And then the ER doctor there, who was very, very handsome at the time, came up to me like really close and asked me, do, do you want to get tested for HIV and AIDS? And I was like, no. Why would I need to get that done? Like, I, I, it was almost as if I was insulted. And, and, and someone asked me that. You know, it's like, no, why would I need that? And so they took me up to my room because obviously I needed to stay there. And the doctor who was seeing before about my, my blue nails and feet came up to my room and was like, hey, listen, so it looks like you have PCP. So it's a specific kind of pneumonia for people that are living with HIV and AIDS. And it's like, excuse me? He goes, oh, well, I mean, we're going to go test you. We're going to do all of this. And I remember that day that, ooh, sorry. I remember the day that he came in. <sighs> um, it was me and my sister. Hmm. Sorry. <sighs> PTSD. I remember him coming in, and he asked me to be by myself. And... Um, and, my, and I was like, no, my sister needs to know, because that was actually my sister's primary care doctor. And, and he's like, well, I, I do want to let you know that, that you, you have AIDS. I literally bawled for five minutes, and I remember crying. I was like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Like, that was my thing that I kept thinking. How did this happen to me? Why? You know, like, like you question yourself. But within five minutes, I kid you not, I was like, well, this is where we are. What are you going to do about it? And so within those five minutes, I let myself cry because, I mean, obviously I was devastated. I didn't know what was happening. I don't know how I got it. I, one of the mysteries, guys, that I will always, always have is how I got it because I will never know. I mean, if there was a time machine, if I could see where it happened, I'm like, okay, that's where it happened. But I will never know what happened, and I don't know how I got it. But within those five minutes that I cried out, I literally told myself, then what are you going to do, bitch? Are you going to see her and cry? Or are you going to try to live your, the rest of your life with what you have right now? For me, at that point, I chose to live. I chose to move forward because, God, how old was I? I was like 30, 2016. Oh my God, I'm going to be 40. 30, 34 when I was diagnosed. I decided at that day that I need to continue to live life because there were so many more things that I haven't gotten to see, so many things I haven't gotten to experience. I wanted to get married, I want to have kids, I want to have a house, I want to have a retirement. By the way, I don't drive, so I want to drive <laughs> one of these days. I want to experience all these beautiful things. And I know, and because I was very scared, because I kind of knew from a while back that like, you know, people that, at that point of my knowledge, People that live with HIV and AIDS have been living longer and longer. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be one of those people that make it at the very end. And so I was very emotional for those five minutes. And then I literally just like, like something inside me just said, no, you're going to live. 
And here we are, more than five years later, still living. For me, that whole entire experience is still to this day. I get PTSD every time I, I talk about it because, I mean, I could see my sister's face. She was very worried, you know, like I, I didn't think that I was going to ever be in this position in my life, but I am, you know, so, yeah, <sighs> it was rough, <laughs> it was rough, but I, but I chose, I chose to live and that's what I'm doing literally every single day. I just, I just want to live and, and see what else is out there. Well, that's a powerful five minutes. This idea of like those five minutes and then you get, un you know, then you unstuck yourself and then you move forward. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, I mean, for myself, like anyone in that position would just be in a state of shock and just not able to move. Yeah. And, and then I do want to let you guys know, like when people are like, are immediately diagnosed with HIV and AIDS, they are immediately put into antidepressants. I was on antidepressants for three months. I had no idea about that. Because because they don't want people to give up. No, at the time I didn't have you know I I didn't know anything. I didn't I wasn't getting any additional medication than what I'm already been getting. I you know that for me was instinctual. You know like I was on I forgot what it was called, but it was literally oh, Celexa is this called Celexa? Oh, anyways, that that one. Yeah. yeah. But from from what the doctor has told me, uh, my infectious doctor told me, like, yeah, we have to give this to you because we want you to live and we don't want you to feel this overburdened depression because people that don't seek medical attention right away and know that they have HIV, like, they are burdened. They are burdened society-wise because people will look at them differently and shamed. You look at yourself and you're like, what the fuck is happening to me? I don't know. I don't want to live. This is too much. You know? But... Yeah, they, they they prescribe that, which is, you know, understandable. But it was just, for me, that was quite shocking. I was like, okay, you know, like, I, I mean, hell. I've, I've, lived, I've lived a very adventurous, complicated, sad, happy life at that point. So for me, deciding to live was a matter of like, well, this is just another bump in the road, right? So you just got to keep going. So, nuts. It was nuts. You know, I'm happy to know around that time, you already had examples of people living their lives, you know, with HIV. Because yeah. I can't even distinguish the exact moment that I realized that you can go beyond that until, like, maybe, I mean, I don't know, Ong China from Drag Race was like, I don't know what year that was, but mm -hmm. it was just a reminder for me, like, oh, okay, there's something, there's some, you can do something else. That that just becomes one of the, uh, I guess, descriptions that's going to, you know, that kind of is attached to you as a person, but there's so many other things. So that five minutes, I could imagine how much, you know, your brain was kind of spinning around, but the fact that you remember that is what I actually you know, I'm happy that you that you went through. You know, I was thinking that too, D. Like, I was thinking, like, do you remember when we first learned about HIV when we were younger? And it was like this, you know, it was a scary thing that if you got it, you were just going to, like, there's no way to live. You won't live that long. It's going to be painful, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And through, like, decades of research and science, and people honestly... Patrick coming out and sharing their story provided like this new sense of hope. I would say that I think like, you know, back then it would be, 
extremely difficult but now we're we're seeing that you know you, you can live a long and beautiful healthy life oh yeah um, oh yeah definitely i mean i i still remember like i oh god i was really young when i saw this it was an mtv doc on someone living with hiv and it was and i remember them opening up the medic medicine cabinet it was like over like 15 pills and they were huge and people were popping them left and right i think i think it was a woman that was uh hiv positive i think by the ninth one they wanted to throw up because it was just like it was just pill after pill after pill you know and for me i've been fortunate enough to only just be taking one you know, so going from that in the early 90s to like now, oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm glad of um, the advancement because back then, like you said, people ha- had to go on a cocktail of medication. And it was like a, 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 t- a trial for each one because um, the doctors will, will see what, what cocktail will work with you. Um, and then if that doesn't work, then they'll try something else. And they'll have to keep on trying until they find the, the right combination that works for your body. And I'm glad that now we have gotten to the point where it's just one pill. Oh, my God, yeah. And yeah. and now they're, they're talking about an injectable um, um, yes. treatment where it's just once a month. Mm. And now people are saying that that once a month could be extended to maybe two to three months, you know. And recently, Moderna started doing their human trial on an HIV vaccine by using the uh, mRNA, you know, uh, technology that they use for COVID. People get your fucking shots, you know. But that's, I mean, technology, like, I hope, I hope and pray that I get to live through it all and see a cure. We're, we're getting so close. I mean, that's why it's like you have, for me, I have to remain hopeful. Not even for me, but for like future generations. Because HIV is not going to go anywhere, guys. Like people like me who don't think that this is going to happen to them might happen to them. And they just like might just see the world differently, you know. And so it is my hope that I get to see you know, a cure someday. And that's going to be amazing because there's a lot of beautiful people out there that have beautiful lives and beautiful stories to tell. And, you know, I, I believe that they're, you know, they should be able to tell their story in a way that honors their life, you know? So I'm like, come through science. And whoever doesn't <laughs> believe in vaccines and shit, um, bless your heart, honey. Bless your heart because... <laughs> It's gonna come get you, and when it comes get you, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray for you and just say God bless. I'm really glad that we're talking about this because you know, like the advancements of the COVID vaccine, you know, that dates back to the whole HIV/AIDS epidemic early on in the '80s, and you know, Dr. Fauci was part of that, you know, fighting the the gay community because the gay community was like, hey, you know, you're not the government's not listening to us, and Fauci was the person who was, I understand. He took a lot of flack because he was the person that was studying it, and there's all these other epidemiologists, is that correct? Yes, epidemiologists, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think people realize this COVID vaccine that there's so many lives that had to be taken for this type of advancement, especially that hit our community the hardest. Absolutely. And also the Filipino community. Filipino community, when I was first um, 
did a lot of work in HIV AIDS early on, like in college and after college, the Filipino community was hit the hardest out of the API community in the US. Um, and so a lot of like young Filipino gay men lost their lives. Sadly. And so the vac so coming it's almost like we're coming full circle almost. Yeah. Like, you know, the work that happened in the eighties during the, the epidemic is now we're feeling what that advancement is for us. Exactly. And, and it is full, hopeful. It's hopeful whether you have HIV AIDS or COVID. Yes, fact, absolutely. You know? <laughs> like I There's hope. Yes. That <laughs> <laughs> <Like> a gay. <laughs> Speaking of, like Greg, you brought up the Filipino community. Um, within the Filipino American community, what are the misconceptions they have about HIV or people living with HIV that you have you've experienced? The it is the gay disease. Mm. Period. That's what it is. I feel that, especially back home, they still treat it like it's the gay disease. And that, for some reason, God has decided to give you the gay disease because you're a bad person, right? That's, that's, that's the sense that I'm getting from a lot of people back home. One of the, one of the reasons why I didn't, want to, you know, I didn't want to disclose my status until now, but honestly, I don't give a fuck. But, like, it's, it's that. It's like, it's not just gay people that are getting this ladies and gentlemen, it's literally everyone, you know? And, and the less that you think about that more and the more that you humanize the LGBTQIA plus community back home, maybe there is some semblance of humanity back home. Because at the end of the day, whether, whether you're, you're in politics or you're a celebrity or you're just someone walking down the street, being gay in the Philippines, it's, it's almost, it almost feels like we're the the end of like like the butt end of a joke that's how i truly feel about it you know but i'm seeing this generation especially in this election let me tell you now like these folks these young kids truly do understand the world outside of the philippines and the possibilities that the what kind of society the philippines could be if people were more accepting and willing to tear down old stigmas to tear down like patriarchal ideas of how it is to be a person in general and so like that's what it is like i just i just wish that people come out of their sh of their mentality and literally come out of the pages of their bible to really see people for who they are and accept them because they're literally just human beings trying to live their life and how dare you say otherwise of who i am when you're literally sticking your nose in a Bible, which was written by a man thousands of years ago. What experiences do you have um, when it comes to like discrimination just because of your status? I mean, especially not just within, you know, within like the Filipino community. Did you experience any like in the LGBT community as well? I know that's like layers and layers of that. Oh, honey, it's like a, it's like an onion in an onion. <laughs> In a duck, in a, in a chicken, in an oven, a in, you know what I'm saying? A turducken, turducken. in a house, in a, you know what I'm saying? But like to me personally, because I haven't been out with my status until now, I haven't felt that. I, I've actually felt the opposite, 
You know, I do have a lot of Filipino friends that know, that know my status and literally, truly are accepting of who I am. You know, they're not literally one of the things that I re first remembered is like, what if no one wants to shake my hands? You know, but that was just my internal fear, right? My internal shame. Yeah. Like, I knew that, you know, obviously you can't, you can't pass like AIDS by like shaking someone's hands, right? You know, so that was my internal fear. But like, I, I felt this love and acceptance, especially again, I have to go back to my family because my family is everything. They have treated me as if I am still the same bitch. And she is still the same bitch, which just a tiny little, you know, like, you know, like if, if uncle is bleeding, stay away a little bit. Let me just put on a bad name. Let me wash it. But OK, let's go play. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 that kind of love that I wish upon people that do come out with their statuses, with their closest families and friends, because I think we would be a much better society and a much better community if we really just like be like, okay, you got this. How can I help you? How can I support you? You know, or just even like, I love you, period, right? And so like, I haven't, for me, again, I've been humbled with experience because I haven't felt that yet. You know, I'll probably tell you guys if I ever do, but like, I, I, haven't, I haven't felt that, like, that kind of like, like, you know, stay away from you. It's more like, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go grab a cup of coffee. Hold my hand. You know, let's hug. You know, it's that, it's that kind of acceptance and love that I, again, that I truly wish upon people that go through this because you really need that. It's, it's one of your driving forces to continue besides your own willpower. It's, it's, it's that community. It's those people that really like help you go a really long way, you know? So your, your small circles of family and friends, keep them. Keep them with you. Keep good people with you because they will take you a long way. So, God, I sound like a pageant queen. <laughs> Me is Philippines. Well, we I do really have like a scepter and like a, a crown here next to us later. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do that. I would like to thank my families and friends for. Um, um, oh, eto na. Oh God, I cannot. I cannot, well, I cannot with that one. Well, earlier you mentioned like that internal fear that you had. Would you say that's like part of the self-acceptance that like part of the process that you went through as for self-acceptance? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I mean, at the time, even though I chose to live at the same time, the, the fear of like, okay, now you're living with this. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? Can you do normal things? Do you need to see the doctor more? How often, you know, like you, you start questioning now, like how do I now navigate life, right? Yeah. And that's the, that's, that, that was the biggest fear. It's like, how do I now navigate this, you know, this little buddy that decided to hop on into my body out of nowhere. Now, you know, how do you live with it? And so like, that was the fear, like trying to figure out life. With the day-to-day. -day, the day-to-day, right? -day, yeah. Like, let me tell you guys this. I had to relearn how to breathe. I had to relearn how to breathe. So, <laughs> it's, it was crazy. So, so, I had to have my own PT at the time because I went from, like, weighing, like, 140 to 118. I was, I was a fucking stick, girl. I looked like a chopstick when I, like, looked at myself in the mirror side. Girl, I looked like I disappeared through the walls. Like, it was just, whoa, right? And so, but a part of that was I needed to get physical more. Every time I tried to walk two to three steps, my heart rate was 156. Oh. Mm. 
Yeah. But a part of that was, well, I mean, physically, we had to relearn how to breathe again. But a part yeah. of that was this mental block, like, oh, shit. You know, like, oh, shit. I have to do this over again? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like trying to relearn your new, like you, like, you have a new body almost. It's like trying to walk, you know? I, could, I literally could not go three steps without having my heart rate go up. And then the nurse or my PC would always say, just calm down, just breathe. I would literally walk around the floor of my hospital because I was in there for two weeks. They were yeah. very, they just wanted to make sure that I was okay, alive and mentally capable of continuing on, you know, hence for the, 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 the depression pills, the anti-depression pills, you know? And so, yeah, that was, that was like rough. And my mom and my sister decided to visit me because they wanted to take care of me. Bless her heart, I love her. Like we would walk together and it was slow stepping. Like it took us an hour to walk around my apartment complex, which is not that big. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of just like, that was the biggest fear. It's like, how do I live with this new body? You know, mentally I was okay, but now I had to now deal with that layer of like, do I know this? How do I navigate this now? How do I keep this going? You know? And so, yeah. Crazy. And then how do you keep it going? Oh, like um, well, now I take, you know, I, well, obviously I have to take my medication every single day. Um, I am on like a regimen of like multivitamins, a lot of vitamin C, a lot of... As a Filipino, now I'm on like anti-diabetes pills because we're predisposed to having diabetes and high cholesterol. That's me. Uh, <clears throat> there was actually one time where my sister and I were just joking. I was like, "Who's what's going to kill me? The AIDS or the, the HIV? Oh, no, the HIV or like diabetes or the heart disease or the cancer. Like, we, like it's so funny because like now when I talk about it with my family, I... I want to make a joke out of it because, like, shit, I have, like, you know, I could, like, pick out a category from, like, a bookshelf. I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to go out, <laughs> you know, add, <laughs> add the HIV to that, and we're going to have a party, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, it, and it's just a lot of just, I just have to keep my body moving around. Like, I'm so active as, as, a, as a barista. I'm active as a salon receptionist. I just have to keep my body going. You know, obviously, I get a little bit more, a little bit more tired. I mean, obviously, because I'm getting old. But a lot of it is just like learning how to really like watch what I eat. I haven't. I'm so sorry. God, that's the Elton. worst. It's I mean... it, girl. <laughs> they, tell me why am I like like doctor? Shout out to Doctor Prashanti Alakal who has been like literally there since day one after I came from from my hospital. I love you. Thank you for saving my life because she has. Um, she literally told me like, hey, maybe you should lay off on the rice, and I'm like. I swear to God, I thought I thought I did like an audible gas. Like, huh, what? Even even my even my husband is like, you need to lay off the rice. I'm like, huh, but how why? dare you? Right, <laughs> girl. That oh, I was like, I don't know if I can. But he's like, you know, just eat healthy, eat cleaner. You know, add more greens, drink more water, less coffee. And she's there. I'm like, huh, what? Less coffee. <laughs> But who am I gonna be? <laughs> Someone not caffeinated? Someone that has to drink honey and lemon in the morning? I'm like, oh no, no. So I, I try to live, you know, I, I try to live my life like normally. Because at the end of the day, yes, I have this fucking monkey in my back for the rest of my life. You know, you just have to enjoy everything as much as you can, but in moderation. 
always in moderation, you know. So that's how she does. But yeah, my medicine has been amazing. I have been thinking about the shot. But the, another caveat to that is like, well, how much is it going to be? Because insurance can only take you so far, you know. So by the way, HIV medication, specifically for Genvoya, which is made by Gilead. Um, if I didn't have insurance, now, because back in the day, back when I started, it was $2,200 a month. A month. For a 30 Whoa, bottle pill, right? A month. Now, it's almost $4,000. Whoa. Nothing Wait. nothing has changed. The formulation has changed. She's like a four-in-one pill that does a lot of different things for me, and I'm very grateful. But the fact that like that shit jumped twice, like like doubled in the past almost six years is to me is staggering. <laughs> but but one, um, I have insurance. Thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. And two, they do have a coupon card program that they do for specifically for their HIV. Uh, medicines and then there are many like I mean the resources for HIV medication and for those who are listening if if you don't have medication please 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 find resources because there's a ton there's a ton um, I believe for me Gilead gives me up to $18,000 a year to supplement all like they li- it literally pays almost 80% of my medication plus the insurance kicks in so literally for a good for the I'm hoping for the rest of my life my HIV medication is free if I have insurance, you know. But yeah, it's expensive, girl. I'm like, I could get fucking like a Louis bag there once a month, you know. <laughs> but but no, your life is more important than a Louis bag. But um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I'm thinking about the shot. I don't know how much it is, but uh, I'm I'm in consultation with my specialist. Nice. And then on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about mental health, bug chasers, and love. Bug chasers. (laughs) And and the funny thing, though, is that, like, as well-educated and as educationally driven I was back in school, I had no... In-depth knowledge of HIV and AIDS. No, no. It was just the stigma that we all learned about and then how it's like you're demonized for even being associated with it. But none, none of the progression, like, okay, what do you do after? This is These are the resources that you have. Yeah. That, that wasn't even highlighted. No. And that to me was just like, you know, like I knew. And I, I mean, obviously I have to take some sort of responsibility for all of this, but I never got tested. Because I didn't think it was going to happen to me. It's, it's really, and, and when I say this, like, it's, it's like I'm fully embodied in this, like, I can't believe this fucking happened to you. I cannot believe it, you know? It's literally God decided to smack me in the face for, I don't know, for whatever reason it might be, right? It's just, yeah, yeah. nuts. Dude, I was thinking about this, um... Do I wonder if like a young, the younger generation think about HIV? Remember, Greg, when we and D, when we used to go to the club, it was part of the culture to talk about you know condom use, be, take care of yourself, protect yourself. The testing van or the testing truck. Testing yeah. van and yes. the condoms were and lube were like readily available at the clubs. It was a like part of our culture, right? To know about this yeah so it's an interesting question about the younger generation is it still the same yeah 
and yeah i remember always seeing those those mobile vehicles for testing mm-hmm. sites they were everywhere uh you're we like do you want to go get tested first and then hit the club you know <laughs> but i don't yeah. think I've, I've seen them anymore and i don't know and i don't see them on social and I don't know is if it's my algorithm that's not showing me like what's going on. It's showing you crystals and dildos. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything about my life. Um, you know, but does it show up on them? Like it's almost like I don't know. I don't know how much we're having the conversation. And I mean, I'll look at the numbers, and we'll talk about the numbers later on um, once we get it all get it down. We'll share it with everybody. But like really young people in our community are getting HIV in the Philippines and mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Especially in the Philippines. But are we having the conversations? Like, are we talking about it? And I just don't hear it, or at least I don't see it, or maybe I'm just too old. No. I, in in my humble opinion, I think this generation and the generation before them, I, I think, because information is really out there, right? And so I think... A lot of the kids, especially the uh, Generation Z, is that what they call now? Yeah, yes, maybe. <laughs> I don't even Probably. know. But I, I, you know, I mean, there's so much information out there now to learn. But I, you know, but just like any generation before us, or even our generation, you really don't seek it out until it happens to you, right? And so I think I'm hoping that they're trying to be uh, aware as much as possible. I think in Euphoria, they they talk a little bit about STIs, you know. I see little ads about, but like, remember, HIV is also an STI. You know, like, I see those ads, you know. And so I'm hoping, you know, it kind of gives everyone awareness. Like, hey, maybe, you know, like, like it's fun to play. It's, it's, it's fun to be a kink. It's, it's fun to be doing all that stuff, but protect yourself, you know. And, and I hope that lesson is still being followed through wherever these young kids are, right? But I mean, I feel bad for this generation, for real. First 9-11, now COVID. Actually, no. First 9-11, then a Bush, and then the fucking Trump, and then COVID. <laughs> then COVID. <laughs> Talk about a lost so generation, honey. Fuck. Well, it was actually Trump with COVID. Oh, so my God. 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 I cannot uh, It wasn't a then. It was with. So. Yeah, they're together. Well, on, on that note... Um, let me get your response on this bug chasers. Do you know what a bug chaser is? Well, I was I was told that the last time that we had spoken, and I think that's fucking disgusting. No, you cannot yes. be bug chasing. The fuck. This is how this well, is how we're still in COVID, guys. Well, so so everyone who doesn't know what a bug chaser is, it's um, it's it's people or that fetishizes people with HIV/AIDS, and they want to get infected. And so they would have sometimes even like bug chaser parties where it's a bunch of like pause uh, men with who are HIV positive with someone who's negative and uh, they fetishize that like getting bread with it. And they would even put like those um, their tattoos even on their bodies um, like. And they're like, oh, you know, I want your toxic load or something. And that's like, say it like that. And then they get branded. Not toxic load. Yeah, that's what they would say. And they would fetishize it. Oh, my it. God. So what's your, what's, what's your thoughts on that? It is dangerous, to be honest with you. I was, re- I was recently reading an article in the Netherlands that they actually found a new different strain of HIV. Because people are fucking passing that shit around. Like, it's a fucking, like... Like, we're at Halloween and no one's giving out treats, right? 
like it's dangerous it's dangerous for like the general population because this shit mutates yeah this is why we're still here you know like i i hate going back to covid because it's, it's such in our minds for like the past three years i mean going to our third year but these this is how viruses work they mutate and if you don't take precautionary or fucking vaccines or just to be safe specifically for you know for aids and hiv this it gets harder. These, you know, there's some like diseases or viruses that are like, or even bacteria that's like, like antibiotic, like antibiotics don't even like cure them anymore because it's so strong and so mutated. And so I'm like, I mean, do you, but do you from like a hundred thousand feet away from me? Because I cannot, I cannot ever bug cheers my ass. I'm going to fucking spray you with raid bitch. The fuck? <laughs> Girl, oh, let me get that. Like, you know, like that, that thing from the Philippines is like for the mosquito where you light it, it's oh, like in a like oh, oil. Yeah, Bitch. Yeah. everywhere, motherfucker, for real. Fucking bug chasers. I'm gonna swat you with my fucking fly swatter. I can't, but like, honestly, it's so dangerous. Like, people shouldn't be doing that. And then, I, we talked about this earlier, but uh, what is the response of people who still say, like, you know, the it's 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 you know, God sent it to punish the gays. Um, they're not really Christians. Uh, evangelicals are the worst type of people, religious people that I've ever, ever met in my life. Um, there's other religions out there that don't think that homosexuality is a thing, is a sin, and you could get killed by it. Um, it's really, really quite disgusting, to be honest with you, to, to really put... In essence, a being that's created every single thing, for those who are religious, a being who's created every single thing that you see around you. This loving being that decided to be malicious for a specific number, like for a specific group of people, because why? Because the Bible told you so? The Bible told you so? No. No, 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 no. It's more like Mother Nature's trying to get rid of us. More like it. But no, I, I think it's just, it's just so incorrect in that way of thinking. And it turns people off from religion, specifically people that are like, in my case, like we want to hold on to something in a higher power and believe it. But yet you have clergy people and you have members of churches that look at you funny and, and tell you that you will burn in hell. Bitch, not if I see that before. <laughs> so I, I'm going to add to this too. You know, what I, you know, from my work and working with the, the, the communities, um, from all over about HIV AIDS, I find like the what's most harmful as well is that it it paints a false premise that if you're if you if you're straight you won't get it, and that's the danger I also see is because there is a lot of straight women, married women, who who contracted HIV AIDS, married and, men, uh, married men, and for some reason they feel like they're immune to it, you know, they won't get it because they're they're straight. Oh, I, I just, I, I don't get, a virus is a virus. It does not give a fuck. And again, the best example of that is COVID. COVID does not give a fuck if you're an Instagram model who loves the Bible, is married, and has five kids. It does not care. Same thing with HIV and AIDS. If you contract that shit, it is with you forever. But as technology is happening, you know, there's vaccines for it now. That is going through human trial. Um, there might be a cure someday. But like, but with that, and even with PrEP, there is this false sense of narrative that PrEP will like, oh yeah, I could take PrEP. I'm not going to get it. It's only 98% effective. 
like birth control pills. It's only 95%. I've had a girlfriend, by the way, who got pregnant and she was on birth control pills. It's not 100%. So like for people that are out there like that are like having sex without a condom or not protecting themselves, oh, I'm, I'm on prep. Girl, bye. You don't take that kind of chance. You don't ever, I don't wish this upon my enemies. That's how in the beginning I was so scared. I, I still am. I don't wish this upon anyone. So like for people that have this mentality that you're not gonna get it, bitch, your husband or your wife might be on the down low. You don't know that. I know a lot of husbands in my experience that have been on a down low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that Jesus take the wheel kind of mentality where you're like, well, okay, it's with God. It's in God's hands now. It's like you forget that you still have to do the work. Oh, my God, I sound like I'm a Christian, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, know, you still have to do the work. People forget that. Like, right. just, because, just because these things are available to you, it doesn't mean that you just let your guard down. You still have to protect yourself in, yes. in every single way that you do yes god put you in the car he don't mean he's gonna drive it to you from like from from your home to your work you have to do the work i've i've always believed in this i believe in a higher power i'm a non-practicing catholic i believe in god my relationship with god and jesus like i i find it different from anything that i've i've experienced in my life but this is how i see it god will lead you to places to where you need to be you have to make that choice to where you want to go after. To me, that's what I feel like religion should be. It's like, believe in something that will guide you this way. But don't let, don't let that be always your guiding force because at the end of the day, you have human will. You have free will as a human being. If you put all your eggs in basket into this being that you think is going to take you all the way, like, honey, let that be part of your journey. Don't let it be all of your journey, you know? So like for, for me and, and being HIV positive, God might have put me in this place and where I am, but I'm going places with him because I choose to. Oh, religion. This is why sometimes people don't <laughs> practice religion because like it's just so constricting and, and you have to love God this way. You have to follow rules on God. Like obviously like, you know, like those 10 commandments are super important. But I see a lot of powerful people that do all that shit and like nothing's happened to them. Well, speaking of... That, that you shared that with us we all have bad days and so i was wondering if you could share with us like how do you take care of your mental health and what advice would you want to share with others always say no no i'm sorry don't ever be afraid to say no and say yes to yourself every single time you know for me it's kind of like it's it's you know like like when when rupaul said if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can you get, can you get an aiming amen up in here, right? It's that mantra of like really filling your cup first before you decide to share your water with anyone else. And for me and, and my mental health, I, you know, like even before when I was diagnosed, I was still learning how to say no because I'm such a, like my personality is like I'm such a people person, you know, and I'm, I'm a people pleaser, you know, but over the years, along with, you know, this monkey in my back, like I, no pun intended, by the way, um, like I've learned to say no to some things because I need to take care of me. And that's OK. It's OK to be a little bit of selfish, you know, because you, you kind of need a, you know, like from shit's Creeks, you know, you need a selfish once in a while, you know. And so for me, it's all about taking care of yourself, about refilling that cup. Not sharing, not sharing any of your water until you replenished yourself, 
and then you know and then you can move along the way but you have to always think about like what's going on in you because it manifests in different ways you know like people can tell when i'm having a bad day at work and i try not to and and the more that manifests it's more of a signal like bitch you need to slow down and stop just stop and breathe breathe and, and then, eat shellfish. Yeah, and Did you say shellfish? Eat shellfish? Oh, eat be shellfish? Shellfish. No. Have like be selfish. No, not shellfish. Uh. <laughs> 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 what? Like, not shellfish. Eat shellfish. Not crab, girl. Like, yes. I mean, I mean, have a crab or have shrimp if you want, honey. If, if, if that needs to be a self, like a selfish person, honey. There's nothing wrong with being greedy of your time. There really isn't, you know. And 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 hopefully you guys get see like if you guys experience this. But as we get older, our circles get smaller, right? Because those circles, as they get smaller, they truly understand that sometimes, you know, like when, when D needs to like just have like a nice out for himself, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be okay. He's gonna have he's gonna have a me day or, or McCoy. If you just want to like don't want to go out because you just don't want to, that's okay, you know. And so I think I think we need to just live that in more. Because we're in a society that is just so like, go, 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 go. And please, 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 please. But we always forget ourselves at the back of the bus, right? We always forget ourselves that actually at the bus stop or the train station where we just left and we don't know what to do with ourselves after all of that is done. And so I, I implore everyone to really take, take the word no more seriously and say yes to yourself more often. So... I think I said that to Crystal and Dustin one time, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that." <laughs> so yeah. Well, Asians need to be reminded a lot of times to say no right. to others. <laughs> it's not in our DNA that we practice very often. But let me ask you this one that that we don't really talk about with HIV is love. Mm. I mean, you self know, love, partnership love, self love. It's all oh, types of love. All types of love. It's, I mean, the first step to really is to truly accept yourself for what has happened, right? In any situation, whether it be you, you, you have gone through a bad breakup or if you've been diagnosed with HIV or with anything, it's about really accepting the truth of what it is, right? We try not to live in a delusional world. Some do. I, I live in reality, you know? I'm very optimistic, but I also live in a very realistic, you know, world. And so I think the first step is to really just say, hey, you know, this is it. This is where we're at. This is our spot. You know, and, and as soon as you ground yourself in that space, I think you are able to bloom more. And you actually get to love yourself even more. Because for me, like, I mean, self-love, I had to literally learn that in my 20s because toxic love ain't it, sis, you know? Especially falling up falling in love with straight boys? No, that, that was not it. Ooh. She has daddy issues, you know, but like as, as I've gotten older and, you know, and, you know, being positive, it's, it's like you have to love yourself because at the end of the day, who do you sleep with? Yourself. Who do you wake up to in the beginning of the day? Yourself, you know? And so I think for me, it's, it's about like, okay, this is where we're at, you know? Now let's, let's, Let's accept this. This is us. This is us at the moment. <laughs> My husband just spilled dog food. 
<laughs> um, no, my husband just spelled dog food everywhere. It's okay, Annie. Um, but it's, it's, it's about that. If you truly accept yourself, flaws and all, I'm quoting Beyonce, you, that's your first step. It's really just acceptance and, and knowing that like you're going to be okay. If you have that willpower to continue and you do decide to continue, because I feel like everything that we have in life is a choice, right? It's, it's not about what happens to us, it's how we react to things. I see that all the time. But it's, it's that. It's that you, you have to love yourself to move forward. Um, let me ask you this the type of love, about in, being intimate with your partner. You know, a lot of people don't talk about being like HIV positive and dating like someone who's negative or do they only date positive? Like the rules are have changed a little bit. I don't I don't know if they have or not. Have they changed for you or it's it's at the end of the day it's about trust, right? Because when you when you decide to be with someone, when you decide to be with someone, it's about going back to that basic foundation of trust, right? And confidence. And knowing that everything is going to be okay with that one person, right? And so for me, obviously, there was going to be a navigation. I was very nervous. Like, how am I going to do all of this, you know, and be protective? And, you know, we had to, we had to be protective and be very, you know, private about things. Because sometimes people are like, oh, well, I guess, I mean, we, we, we're not going to go there. But, like, it's all about that trust and, and, and learning and leaning on that trust. Because if you don't have that, and you're in a relationship with someone that you don't trust with yourself, talk about a motherfucking red flag, girl. It's not even a red flag. It's like a red flag with neon and with the spotlight. Like, that's, that's the ultimate red flag, and you know? And so for me, being with, with, with my hubby for like 12 plus years, I have that trust. And I have that confidence that we're all, we're gonna be okay whether things turn left or things are going well, you know, that's, that's what I lean onto because I love him. Huh? No, oh. don't make that face. <laughs> yeah. You just spilled dog food all over the place. Don't make oh that God. face. <laughs> I, like, I feel like we're such an old couple because we've been together forever, but there's so much more adventure, you know, yeah. and there's that trust. I, I think that's how you navigate, you know, especially being intimate, you have to trust each other and you have to communicate. You have to communicate and be honest with your feelings, you know, because that's also really important as well. Because if you don't want, if you can't communicate, if you, if your partner's not telling you that they're uncomfortable with this or I'm comfortable with doing this and that, or are you okay? Like that's, you know, mixed messages. It's kind of like texting. You could read one text and take it in many different directions. And because intention and perception are two different things. So intend what you say. So communicate. So yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about this, like, and in, in, in dating. When I used to be dating a lot, um, I, like, it was. It's like a, a part of in our community that I kind of liked it when I was dating guys, and they'd just come out with their, their with their status. You know, they weren't trying to hide because sometimes, like, I think, and I remember, like, the dating apps they wouldn't put their their status, or you, it was awkward to bring it up, or how do you speak about it? And I feel like you know now it's like we know how to navigate better and have an intimate relationship with someone who's positive. And if you're negative, I feel like it's, 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 uh, it has evolved a lot. I've seen it evolve a lot. It really has. Which is great. It really has. And I think, I think the stigma in our community is becoming less and less because again, we have to really go back to the science of the medicine, right? 
there's a vaccine that's coming out, there's shots now. Um, but for me, in my perception, because like me and Rishi started dating right before when like all the online dating sites started hitting up, like really exploding, right? So I've never had that experience of like going on a grinder, looking at someone's status, you know? Like it may still make people a lot of, like a lot of people uncomfortable, but that's okay because that's the truth, right? But you'll find people and you'll find communities that will accept it for you who you are, you know? Like, um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. His name is Rafe Desari. No, oh wait, let me get his name right because I want to call him real quick. Mm-hmm. Rafe DeRazi, oh my God, he's so fine, girl. And he's HIV positive and has a beautiful boyfriend, you know? So there, there's that. Let's talk about this hate a little bit more because our community can be, as gay men, gay boys, like they can be pretty harsh on on the dating apps. Um, and I've seen, and I've remember seeing some really harsh things about talking about people with HIV, saying like I don't, I can't think of it on top of my head right now, but like, you know, just like nobody with HIV or nobody, not nobody with HIV, but it was it was said in a very harsh way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, yeah. What what. How do you respond to that? Next. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's really that. And it, and it really just, to be honest with you, when you see things like that on, like, online dating sites and, like, um, like you know, no, no HIV, blah, blah, blah. Can't date, like, someone who's positive, blah, blah, blah. It just tells you the kind of character that they have. It's not that they're bad people, but they just have a misconception of the world. They're not educated enough. And I, and I think a lot of times when p- people put on the preferences, preferences, quote unquote, like, you know, like you really need to go outside your motherfucking box and really explore the world because there are some beautiful people there that are like HIV positive. And if you protect yourself correctly and if you guys communicate well and you guys will hit it, like you were saying, like there's so many beautiful people out there. So many beautiful people out there inside and out. You know, and so like, fuck all those bitches. Honestly, next, next. What is it? Swipe left, where you don't like it. Yes, is that it? God, I'm so old. I don't know which direction McCoy. it is. I don't know. McCoy That's, knows this one. Yeah, is it no, left? No, I don't go on Tinder. I don't go on Tinder a lot. Or is there like an X and a heart? I don't know. An X and a heart. I don't know. Well, okay. Speaking of uh, dating profiles, I've seen this before where they say. Um, HIV positive, undetectable. What does that exactly mm. mean? That means that the number of of HIV cells in there is very, very low. So you are more likely not to pass it to someone else. So basically, mm. you, I mean, everyone probably has seen like um, uh, undetectable means untransmittable. Transmittable. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, that means that, like, as people like me, thank God, I've reached the 600-level mark. Um, as my white blood counts um, are going up, my CD4 <clears throat> numbers are going up, I'm less likely to pass it to someone. Sexually or, like, I don't know, like, in, like for example, if the four of us got into a car accident, we were hurt really bad, and my arm was bleeding and let's say I was right next to Greg, and he was also bleeding his open wound. Mm-hmm. And if I'm undetectable, it is least likely that he's going to get infected. So think of it that way, right? Yeah. And so the science proves it. Dr. Fauci has said it. Everyone has said it. You know, so like you, I, again, we have to really go back to science and really understand that like 
people that are living with HIV, uh, with HIV that are undetectable, they're less likely to pass it on at the end of the day. But, 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 it does not mean you still don't protect yourself. Because I feel you still have to protect yourself, be on prep, you know, God, bear back at your own risk, always use a condom, you know. So always protect yourself. That's, that's just like my, my advice to everyone that, that is dating someone who is undetectable. So just continue to protect yourself because you never know. Because um, our CD4 count goes up and down day to day, depending on our stress. Sometimes I could be at a 600 level, sometimes I could be a three. So like it really does fluctuate. Uh, for me, I get my blood drawn and checked every six months. In the beginning of, of this new life of mine, I was seeing my specialist every three months. And as I've gotten healthier, I had to see her less, which is, you know, great news for, you know, for me personally, because that means that I'm getting healthier up to where I could be, right? Because I think the normal blood count is like, no, uh, CD4 counts like 1,200 and above. I didn't think to this day that I was going to hit 400 until maybe like last year. And in my last blood test, I'm like 613, right? But it goes up and down. It yo-yos. So that's what I'm saying, like... Yes, like undetectable means untransmissible, but still be safe because it does go up and down. You know, so you gotta be really careful and really understanding of that person's body. Like if for me, if I'm feeling stressed, I'm not getting it in because, you know, I just wanna be protective of me and my partner, right? So there has to be self accountability and like really being responsible for yourself and then for your person so wow i feel like I, i've learned so much from, from just... <laughs> it's like a yo-yo girl yeah you know like the number one cause of that is stress 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 does a lot to your body that i didn't think it would do until i became like you know until i found out i was <clears throat> positive and it really does play a lot like the biggest part of that is stress and how you manage your mental health your physical health your emotional health, like that's, it all comes into play. And if you don't feel right, your body's not going to feel right. And it's going to show up in your CD4 counts, you know, but it's not like I have like oh. something where it's, I test my, my blood every day. You know, I see my doctor every six months. You know, this conversation needed to be had. And I'm thankful for Patrick for being open and, and willing to share his story. Uh, because even me, um, I have a lot of misunderstandings and I need to take it upon myself to educate myself, right? And um, to understand the science of it and to understand the people that are living with HIV. Um, so yeah, so everyone just needs to be open-minded and need to be open to educating themselves. Actually, when, when you were talking about relearning how to breathe again, that really stuck to me because one of the things that I use is I use breathing just to escape. Mm. It's a, you know, like sometimes I'll be like, I'm stressed. I need to walk away and take a, you know, take a fiber to myself and just breathe. And I've taken, it's not that I've taken it for granted. I actually, I savor that moment that I can do that. But I can't imagine having, and it, you know, it's something that, it comes so naturally to us. Sometimes you just forget. And then the fact that you said you had to relearn it, it's like, like my mind is still wrapping the concept <laughs> of like, how do you relearn something that you don't even think about that you have to like manually, you know, like, like 
tell your body to do so. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I'm just really grateful in that now that if I step away and you know it would, the minute that I want to slap a bitch and like I have to <laughs> bring this like you know it's just a reminder like yes like again you said put yourself first. It's it's okay to be selfish if that's what people labels that as to be, but it's you know and there's just there, think about yourself first. There is power in the concept of me. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, there is such a concept in that. So, so that's deep. You got and, deep on us, Patrick. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I mean like I multiple go, times. I can go deeper, but I'm not sure about your crystal dildo can go oh, no, I can't compete, honey. Okay. I can't. Even if you, you laid the... out in the moon for no. how many? How how many do, wait, wait. I ha- I have to ask. Like how? Like do you wait for like a full moon to like do you shine it? Is it like laid and like the like the light of like the moon is shining? No, I think what he does is it's sitting next to the Santo Nino. So it's like <laughs> it's like this shoe. It's like like let me take off the staff and just put it on it's there a like with the ball. A yeah. Oh my god. It's okay. You, Patrick, you have to join our, us on a future episode on crystal dildos. We'll oh my yeah. gosh, I would love to. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I was very intrigued about like crystals in general because like everyone like that I know is like, oh, I have a crystal. I'm like, bitch, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, I know about Himalayan salt. That's a little crystal I know. You know, but like a dildo made out of a crystal. Yeah, and they have them in butt plugs too. So you know. Oh god, I cannot. <laughs> future episode patrick (laughs) thank you so much for for joining us they're not gonna leave yet but i feel like i've i've i continue to learn so much because we don't like even though i didn't work like a long long time ago in the hiv aids community but i'm hearing like new things that i i details and information and i'm realizing how much i love science even more and how science even like open up to this idea of love in so many different ways connecting with into intimacy and mm-hmm. there's so many ways about doing it and it's very exciting so i'm so thankful for here and on that note mccoy yes what's the filipino word of the day <laughs> the filipino word of the day is kapwa tao kapwa tayo tayo Ta- tao Something people? Um, It means fellow man. Now, for context, just to prove how beautiful uh, the Filipino language is, the word tao means person, but it's genderless. (gasps) See? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. But it means fellow man. So um, that's the only word that Mm. that would make sense in English. And how do you use it in a sentence? No matter our differences in status, we have to remain open minded and kind to our kapwa tao. Can you spell that for me, please? (laughs) (laughs) The word is kaputao. How do you even say K in Tagalog? Is it ka? No. Ka. Yeah, ka. 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 Is there a C? Isn't it abacada? Well, they changed it. It used to be abacada, which is A-B-K. But now it's they, they, they adopted the English, the A-B-C... And added like that double L and the the enye and all that. Girl, the colonization the continues, honey. Yes. <laughs> That's for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so come back for another episode of like, colonialism and white people in the Philippines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you so much for having me over, guys. This was truly. This will be a core memory. 
I've, I've never really had, I didn't really know that this day would come. I, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think the universe is telling me that this was a good thing, and so I feel good about it. So thank you so much for giving me the platform and allowing me to share my story. I implore you not to stop here. I mean, as much as we want to just keep you for ourselves, you really have to be out there to share your stories because that's the only, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I am, uh, I really believe in visibility. Like yes. that's how everyone just, you know, that's how we get ourselves out there, our stories. And that's how people learn. That's how they, you know, get to know what's good and what's right for them. You, I, I wouldn't want you to stop. Just, I mean, what would I say, McCoy? Don't stop. I mean, rampa. How do I use that? Like, how do you, how do you say that? Wait, I can't, McCoy. How do I say it? I don't know. I don't know. Rampa. rampa. But it's like, just rampa. don't, like, don't stop, like, stop rampa, yourself rampa, from getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I implore you to just continue like sharing your story out there because that's the only way we're going to be able to reach everyone because some, you know, you never know. Some people might be struggling and at that point where they're questioning themselves, like, mm -hmm. where am I at? What am yes. I going to do? I just learned this about myself and to hear like a positive story like yours that you, you've come, you've overcome all of this thing. It's it's something needs to be heard. Thank you. I and I, you know, like it's it's so funny because, um, yeah, I this is not like you know this is not gonna be my my last. Well, I mean, I'm not like a like a speaker speaker, but I mean, obviously, like you know, like if if there is an Girl, opportunity for me none to none of speak, us are. <laughs> I <laughs> would like to thank my fooling? family and friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you are very much correct. I I think that like you know like like for someone like me. If I honestly, if I could help someone out there to really just like understand and to know that there is on the other side of like that dread of being HIV positive, that there is beautiful things on the other side of that. Like the, tr the grass is truly greener on the other side if you choose to see it. That is the only caveat yes. to it, if you choose to see it. So yeah. This is so beautifully said, Patrick. Thanks, where's my crown? <laughs> Where's the scepter? You know what it is? She's giving us multiple sound bites that McCoy is going to be later on struggling which one she's going to use. <laughs> I'm giving you all the material. Look at the material, honey. Just look at the material. Um, wait, I'm, I'm going to hold right there. Um, Patrick, do you want to share your, any kind of your social or anything like that? Um, sure. Uh, boy, what the hell is my social media? See, I'm so bad at it. Like, is this oh, no, no, girl, we were talking about your social security number, credit oh, card. Oh, girl. It's <laughs> six... <laughs> Six, eight, none your business. Five, three. <laughs> Just Patrick Anthony, 18. Well, th thank you, Patrick, for, for joining us today. And if anyone wants to follow Patrick on Insta, you can at PatrickAnthony18. Um, and that's our show. If you'd like to leave a comment or have a question for us, for our podcast, you can reach us at... On social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at GamChatPodcast. Or you can also email us your questions at gamchatpodcast at gmail.com. And please don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be a good kapwa tao and leave us five stars. Did I use that right? <laughs> you better do it. So keep Tagalog word up today. You better get it. <laughs> 
And we're also part of Bonk Collective, a group of Filipino content creators in the U.S. and in the Philippines. Visit the website at thebonkph.com and we'll catch you on the next one.